What's up, family? You're listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast with Coach Brown. It's the official podcast of the Highland Park Senior High School football program in St. Paul, Minnesota. Welcome back, my faithful friends and family and listeners. Um, as promised, at the end of last season, we're going to talk about that thorny road that we had to walk the rest of the season and how we found ourselves. And then you'll get a little bit of a preview of what we uh, have planned for the podcast in season two. One, there's going to be way more episodes. Obviously, it's starting much sooner than it did last year. And then also just, you know, you're going to hear more from our players, um, opportunity to hear from coaches, and then just um, get more of a deep dive into our program. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, as you hear things, um, it really piques your interest and um, we can continue to do this and there's value. So thanks. Don't kick my cones. Don't kick my cones, Jerry. All right. So to set the scene, um, like I said, at the end of uh, last season, you know, we we come out of that central game and we're riding high. You know, we got we're in the Pioneer Press. It's all in color. You know, Peter, um, you know, he's hyping up the crowd, but, he, you know, he has his arms stretched out. And it's, it's just like an iconic photo. And, you know, Melvin's doing his thing. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, we are we're riding high. And, and we went from nibbling on the cheese to, you know, full blown um, trying to plot on how we we're going to swallow that thing whole. And uh, you could tell because the week of practice that we had was very questionable. I'll just say it that way. You know, guys are showing up and they, you know, I would say, I'm going to use their quotes here. You can't see, but uh, they forgot their pants at home. Um, you know, guys are coming without the appropriate gear, like knee pads. And, um, and, they, and they just, you can, they're just, they're not practicing very hard. They're not taking coaching very well. You know, I'm, I'm about ready to just be like, look, let's just go home. We'll roll in Friday and get whooped. And then, you know, we can just kind of move on. But I'm competitive, and so I'm like, you know, we need to prepare. So we prepare for that week. Um, our warm-ups are weird, too. So this is where I'm like, man, I really do think we're eating the cheese here. And, uh, you know, I warn the guys, like, hey, I don't know that we had the greatest week of practice. Maybe that means nothing. You know, there's times when I was in college, man, we had the worst week of practice. We just go in there and just mash a team. And there's other times where we have a good, focused, crisp week of practice, and we just lay an egg. So, you know, you don't always really know. You know, you're dealing with teenagers. I mean, when I was in college, we were, we were adults, right? But, like, you just don't know. Like, teams, especially for football, like, you need so many people to do the right thing to be successful. So, you know, maybe this was just, like, a little funky thing that was going on. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> um, now, I, I didn't mention, right, we were without our starting quarterback. Monair had had an exposure at school to COVID, right? So he had to quarantine, could not play. Um, and so Shea has to back up. And so here we are, right? We are... Um, in a scenario where we're with our backup quarterback, who is our starting receiver, definitely a really good one, right? <laughs> um, we uh, we are we did not have a great week of practice, and then we just had the weirdest warm up, right? And I'm just like, ah, I do not feel great about this. Um, and really, from the kickoff to the end of the game, you know, my my you know kind of my concerns were very much so realized. Um, Como just came out and handed it to us, you know. You know, we, we lost 22 to nothing, but it was worse than that, right? Like, they were more physical at every level. They were manhandling us up front, both sides of the ball. We couldn't really run the ball. We couldn't throw the ball. You know, guys are not running good routes. Um, so, Shea, you know, not having a, as much time to prepare um, at quarterback is not, you know, he's not as comfortable just throwing the ball, throwing the ball up, right? He doesn't have as much reps. So, you know, he's being conservative like he's supposed to be. He's, you know, he's getting yards, first downs. You know, he's trying to move the ball and move the offense, but – 
offense isn't moving defense is just getting out physical you know they had a big running back they were they were giving us more than enough doses of that dude they had another guy i can't remember his name but man he was he was fast and he was tough and he was strong you could tell he put time in the the offseason so you know we were we were just getting skunked at home and that's what happened right we 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 plotted on <laughs> swallowing the cheese hole and we choked on it um when that trap snapped down and that was really the beginning of what was a four game slide right so como we get skunked 22 to nothing on homecoming the next week mound west tonka comes in you know they um the easiest way to describe it is mound west tonka was you know they were they were rolling they were i think the number four team in 4a and um they're just a really well coached team like from 2019 when i first got here um, when i called the defensive game that was the hardest game i've ever called tomorrow high school or college they were just they know what they want to do they know how to execute it um, and they're kind of like they're kind of like the ocean in the sense of like they just kind of keep coming at you and so like they're not you can just tell they're they're very well coached to like not think about the result of an individual play um they're they're they play like a team that just hits you in waves and, and they wear you down and then they the, the seal breaks and then it's you know <laughs> it's all pandemonium you know i forgot like we lost to them i think it was what let me, oh, i'm looking it up oh here we go 40 to 7 right like we lose them 40 to 7 you wouldn't believe we were then within one touchdown um going into the fourth quarter um the vast majority of those points just came as i think we just we just kind of we kind of let down right like i think we were demoralized by the como loss i think guys were kind of stunned like wow like we really <laughs> laid an egg on that and we really thought we were hot stuff and then we come into the mound game and you know mound was just very ready um again very very physical uh, i don't remember the kid's name number 10 that dude was a monster <laughs> i kind of hope he graduated <laughs> um not, not the, you know because you're like you're scared of the dude but it's like that dude was a good player good physical strong athletic um relentless player and uh the kind of dude you want on your team everybody wants a guy like that right and so you know he gave us fits um and really helped their run game go you know really fast running back um, we hadn't seen him on tape all year i don't know if he was hurt or what but you know the dude could glide and he just ran hard he didn't do anything special he was he hit the hole he was square he made it really tough for us to tackle him he didn't give us much to hit and he ran like his life depended on it i mean this is i will always say this right like mountain west tonka proved out something i tell my team all the time you don't need a bunch of mega stars on your team what you need um is a team that is well coached that functions that operates and executes and plays fast and physical and knows what they're doing and mount west tonka was that like they were a really good football team and um you know and that's not to disparage the athletes they have they, I mean, they have some guys who could play but it was much more about those guys played within their system and so their gifts really shined and um and it was it was something i think for our team we needed to go up against to see that i wasn't speaking fairy tales and so um you know uh as much as that one hurt i think I'll, that one hurts probably the most still from last season um because i really felt like um like this was a this was a kind of the litmus test of whether or not we were going to get our act together and um you know we got pummeled at home late and the seal kind of broke in the fourth quarter following that we go to north st paul now north st paul was a 21 to 7 loss um i thought they made some good plays i mean there, there, there's times right they had this quarterback um i think his name is casanova um first of all you know he looks tall on tape and you know a lot of times like they look tall or whatever and, like, he was actually big in person you're like okay this dude's not <laughs> kind of easy to get on the ground good athlete could, could throw um 
definitely could run. And so, you know, our whole game plan was like, we got to keep him in the pocket and really force him to throw the ball. Um, not because we didn't think he could throw. I just thought he was that good with his legs um, that he uh, he extended drives. He he just made things happen when they couldn't get things going. And I felt like we had a better chance if we could force them to stay on schedule because he, he's so good at playing off schedule. And uh, we didn't do that. Right? <laughs> he uh, he broke contained pretty much any time he wanted to. Um, and uh, so many times he extended drives, we get him to third and long, and he just glides to the first down, and you're just like, dear Lord, man. Like, <laughs> this is driving me nuts. Um, and then he, he put up, you know, two 50-50 balls, and they came down with him, you know? Like, that that's uh, that's, that's football. So I, I wasn't too worried about that game. That, but it was the game where um, I felt like we showed some flashes of, like, being a real team, right? Like, um, Monair, like, uh, I should have said, right, it's a really cold day. It was really cold, kind of spitty, and then there's a lot of wind, really, really windy day. So it's not a day you think you could throw. And um, Monair lit the freaking scoreboard up. <laughs> you know, I'll say the statistician. I should tell you that the statistician's hand. I mean, he, you know, he had so many plays, um, big chunkers. Like there was one to Charlie on a. Um, we we were running. He was running a shallow cross. Monair has to slide right in the pocket and then throw across his body to the left. Charlie's wide open. You know, gets 50 yards. You know, we have our big 90. I think it's like a 95-yard touchdown to Shea. Um, you know, we had we could have had another one, <laughs> another like 85-yard touchdown to Shea. Um, you know, but a lot of I mean, he had a lot of what we call the dirty throws, right? There's a there's a play um, where we have a guy kind of sit in the middle hole and it doesn't pop till late, and Monero just threw it with like zero, you know, zero uh, worry about what was going to happen to that ball. And our and it just lands right in our tight end's hands between four defenders. Um, you know he was just he was just dotting the ball up. It was it was a great experience, even though it was very frustrating. You know at this point, oh, and I didn't mention I should say the other thing that was a big letdown was um, in the Como game. Um, Melvin got hurt. Um, you know Melvin was our you know he's our kind of our bell cow running back. He's kind of a do everything athlete. Um, you'll get to hear more from him this in, this season in the podcast. Um, but th- this dude has everything, right? He has a- athletic ability. He's strong. Like he put on, man, I'm, I swear to Bob, this dude put on like 40 pounds of muscle, <laughs> you know? Um, he's faster though, more explosive than he was. And to lose a guy that, that good, um, that important to what we're doing really kind of psychologically affects the team. And so I think that was the other thing that led to the letdown at Como. I think we really always felt like, Man, Melvin keeps he gives us more than a puncher's chance. Like Melvin gives us the edge, and uh, to lose Melvin now, you're like we got to figure this other stuff out. And so, um, this was the beginning of uh, Shawan Easley's opportunity to shine, and and that comes later. That comes later. So we'll we'll talk about that. Um, so anyway, we're at North St. Paul. We don't have the running game that we want to have. Um, you know, we don't have all the things that. Uh, that, that are the full compliment, but we're figuring it out, right? We're still figuring it out. And uh, so, you know, we can't really run the ball. Monair's dotting it up. They're making plays. Long and short of it, we lose, right? We run out of time. We can't seem to get the drive um, hurt, right? Because North St. Paul, I don't, I don't know when the last time was that they um, had a game like that. And, you know, kudos to them, right? Like, they they really played hard. And, and um, you know, look, I, I don't ever want to see a team just straight down and out. I felt like North St. Paul definitely had and still has, right? They have talented guys. You know, there's a, there's a lot of big dudes, a lot of big dudes who are athletic. Um, I forget the corner's name, number 31. That kid can fly. I don't know where he went, <laughs> you know, if he's going anywhere for college, but that kid can fly. You know, you see him run. And so, like, you know, you, you always want to see 
you know similar schools like us right you want to see them do well like not against you right but you want to you want to see their kids have those opportunities um because they don't always get them and so um the bittersweet thing was we should have won but we didn't and um you know there's so many times where you can say right like that's uh we're the better team and we should have won and, and uh, I, I love Derek Jeter's term he's like that's what losers say right <laughs> like the people who lost always say we were the better team so um no matter what we weren't we weren't the better team that night North St. Paul got us um so now we have to we're on the short week right we have to turn right back around we play that game on Friday five days later we're playing um Wednesday at St. Croix Lutheran and it is a muddy rainy freezing cold game um and um we we open up <laughs> and uh first play of the offensive game uh Shane throws a pick six. Uh, he throws a pick six. And that, whoo, does that like let the wind out? We were already on a three game skid. You know, we're feeling, we had a good, better week of practice. We were working pretty hard. You know, guys were really trying to be dialed in. And then we throw a pick six. Now, you know, Shane knows why. You know, I'm not going to get into it, but like he knows why he did. And it was, it was really a small error. Um, you know, one of our receivers, he also like reaches on the route, tell him all the time when it's slippery, he'll fall. And he falls. You know, Shea makes the wrong read. Um, just a perfect storm of things happen, so you can't blame it on one guy. But, you know, that's how it starts. And then, for whatever reason, we forget how to tackle, and, and they're just kind of running up and down the field. And and, uh, and I think uh, I was I was uh, I had a foot injury um, from working out, and so I was in the booth. So it was probably good I was in the booth because I was definitely kind of over in the corner losing my mind. <laughs> um, not loudly, but losing it internally. Uh, because it was just weird, you know. We had guys doing doing all kind of stuff. It was it was just wild. But this was a this was a turning point for us too, because like the offense, even though we lost, like, we put up 20 points. It ended up being the most points we had put up all season. It was like we were just kind of doing what we wanted to do as well. We just weren't getting the stops. Um, obviously, the defensive coordinator's like, look, dude, <laughs> he's looking for anybody who'll go in there and tackle somebody. Um, because we were just really off. Um, the mud doesn't help, and they were really, you know, they they revere option teams. So you know, they cut you at the knees. You know, um, when they're when the footing's not already sure, and then they're getting to your kneecaps, it's really tough to have a a defense that has any integrity, right? Um, when the defensive line's on the ground, and they they know where they're going, and you don't. And so, you know, they're running fast, and, um, and so they're hitting they're hitting the corners. They're doing all the kind of things. They're doing a good job. They're doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> So we, we lose that one, but we put up a ton of points. You know, Shea has a big run for a touchdown. Charlie has a – I think he has a touchdown. Uh, Nick ends up with a touchdown. So, you know, we are we are figuring it out. We are still figuring it out, but it just we had to put it together. Um, and so at that point, I think the players finally started realizing, like, oh, this is going to continue to happen unless we stop it. And it was that moment of, like – you know, there's a lot of players, I think, that are losing trust in what I'm talking about. And I'm losing trust in them because I'm like, look, I, I don't know how else to tell you. I've always been straight with you about what is expected and don't know what's going to happen. And so if, if we got to lose every game running out the, you know, going out, we're going into the playoffs now. It's like if y'all want to just get your heads beat in and we, we lick our wounds and wait till next year. And that's what it is. Or we can, you know, get some sense about us <laughs> and act like we would know what we're doing. Um, so we do. We go into Harding. We have a good week of practice. Um, teams felt focused, um, and we come out gunning, right? Um, so Shawan Easley, right? He his his um, his ascension started, and he t- it took him a while. Like, you know, you, you'll hear me talk about this all the time, right? Like that. Uh, Melvin's like instant coffee. You just give him the ball, and he goes. You don't need to do much. You don't need to say much. He just knows what to do. Shawan is more like a French press, right? Like you have to know 
um, how to get all those buttons right. But Shawana is such a phenomenal, excellent athlete. Big, strong, can jump, run, everything. It's just like once you figure out the right combination with Shawan, the dude is every bit as dynamic as Melvin. And so we get to see this on display. He rushes for 70 yards in the first quarter. Um, almost busts two big ones. I mean, the dude could have easily rushed for 200 yards in that game. There, one was a shoestring tackle, and another one was uh, he broke three tackles and got tripped. <laughs> you know that. You know there was there was a scenario, and then we also emerged and found Jimmy Somerville. Um, Jimmy was a linebacker for us last year. He played well enough in that Harding game for us to be like, you know, running back seems like his natural spot, and we need to just uh, stop fighting that and and let him be what he is, um, which is kind of a hard charging, you know, one cut. <laughs> run you over top running back and, and we need that we need that in our system and so you know we have a three-headed monster we got a four-headed monster you, you don't know about russell yet but um you know we have a, we have a four-headed monster coming back um but this harding game is where we're running all over the place shay's running all over him we're, we're, we're able to throw the ball we're able to run the ball um we're still not getting in the end zone because right because we're still not executing the best as we can but like this is where i felt for the first time that we played football like a whole team like we really put a full game together where it was Highland Park senior high school football and Harding was playing well Harding was another team that was doing really well they're in the playoffs right like they were seated I think um third or fourth I can't remember but they were seated pretty high right and um you know well above us and um we have to go into their place and play and um you know we we run the rock all over them right they um they don't fold though like they come back they definitely keep the game interesting um, you know they we we have a touchdown I think right uh, out the right out the gate in the second half um, big touchdown Peter gets caught looking in the backfield they go right over his head you can even tell he knew he knew um, right before the quarterback let, let's go the ball and so now we're in a tight game again right 14-7 no sorry it's 7-7 right we end up playing all throughout regulation having to go to overtime we score they get the ball and they get a chance um, and then we get them down to to third down they run a double reverse um i think it was coach k they called it uh, we put in this corner blitz we hadn't done it all year um but we put in a corner blitz we called it on that play and so they run the double reverse and they run it right into therese and he makes a big tackle for a loss like minus nine or something like that and then the very next play um they come back to throw the ball goes over the quarterback's head from the snap jerome gets there game over we win the playoff game right so we start out two and two we go on a four game skid and then here we are beating a much higher seated team than us at home <laughs> and strangely enough at three and seven we're about to go host a playoff game back at highland against tartan and uh this is where the ride ends but it's um it's, it's a it's one of those ones that was um it was a good experience, right? That, that Harding win was the thing that helped us, I think, redeem our souls. And, and it's the thing that I think got everybody back on track. And, and it's why I think we had good attendance. We had a good core. Like, you know, cores of teams can be five to seven. We had 20 guys who were consistent in the weight room, even when they played other sports. Um, you know, our core continues to grow every year. And I think that Harding game was the thing that really gave everybody the fuel. Um, and then finally, we get to Tartan, right? It's at home. And I know this is going long, so I'm going to try to get through this as quick as I can. Um, but, um, you know, we get Tartan at home. The longest short of it is we're just outclassed. Now, we score 18 points, you know, respectable. We get we get in there. But we were outclassed by their special teams unit. Their special teams unit was good. Uh, Coach Howell at Central had just played them. Um, Tartan had beat them. 
and he was like their special teams are great he's like look you can you can hold up kind of against the other parts but he's like man if you are not prepared for that special teams unit it isn't you don't have a shot and um you know we were not prepared um, they had a kick returner um the the guy just knows what to do with the ball and um we had a couple of his returns called back but he, he'd have scored three <laughs> if they hadn't had so many penalties on uh punt and kick returns but that a really good young running back he wore 81 kids nice you know he's i would say he's very similar to melvin um you know they had another guy i think he was number two strong dude ran well hope he hope he plays college ball really love his style love his style of play um i really wish he wasn't that good against us but love his style of play it was it was just clean you know and so i i um i felt like they were worthy opponents to lose to you know they were they just seemed ready you know they they played they play a really tough schedule and so, you know, them being one and eight was very deceptive. They were a very physical, athletic, big one and eight team. Um, that we lose, so we that's the end of our season. But I think we found ourselves. I think it was important that Harding win was very important. I think it was also important to lose those four games um, because on the one end, while I think there was trust being lost, um, it was also the realization that what they were told was also the truth, right? That it was also true that um, you can't sleepwalk through your season, that you have to show up every single day. You have to improve every single day. You have to demand more of yourself every single day. Um, that's the most important thing. So I want to wrap it up right there, right? It's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a long one, so I want to wrap it up right there. I appreciate y'all for listening. And now we'll take a moment to thank those that support our program and our podcast. Thank you to Meister Orthodontics, your hometown orthodontist. Uh, so many of our players actually go there, from my understanding, so that is really good. You can find them at MeisterOrthodontics.com, or you can go to their location at 1696 Grand Avenue, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55105. Also, thank you to Quarry Hill Advisors. They are a fiduciary, fee-only financial planning and wealth management firm. You can find them at QuarryHillAdvisors.com, or you can go to their site, 550 Vandalia Street, Suite 311, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55114. Also, thank you to Langford and Carl's Chiropractic, uh, serving St. Paul community since 1996. And you can find them at langfordchiropractic.com. And you can also find them at 730 Cleveland Avenue South, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. Also, we want to say thank you to those that provide team meals. Uh, these team meals are super valuable for our players. It's an opportunity for us to come together, an opportunity for them to get a great meal. And so we're so appreciative. Uh, for this year, we have four set. We're going to have some more, but we want to say thank you to Mike's Tab on the Ave. They have been the best. We hold some of our booster meetings there. They've provided food for our team. They have just done a great job and been a great partner. You can um, order food from them at mikestav.com, or you can go to their location at 472 Snelling Avenue South, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, 55105 and here's the thing um, they have a little outdoor area it's really dope they have really good portion sizes you should check them out and, and the servers are really awesome too like every I've had nothing but good experience at that Mike's Tab the other spot is Groveland Tap your home away from home uh, you can go uh, to GrovelandTap.com and order food there or you can show up to their site 1830 St. Clair Avenue St. Paul Minnesota 55105 again Groveland Tap same deal Really good portion sizes, really good food. I love when they use that little parking lot space and they kind of have picnic tables out and umbrellas and we've had meetings there. And again, their service have been awesome. Food's been good, management's great. Just honestly, you know, like the same deal with Mike's Tap. Like Groveland Tap has done a phenomenal job of just being a great partner to us. Um, thank you also to our partner, Tiffany Sports Lounge. Uh, TiffanySportsLounge.com is where you can find them. 
Um, and you can also go to uh, 2051 Ford Parkway, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. Um, and Tiffany Sports Lounge is awesome. We've had a number of uh, coaches' outings after games there. Um, wink, wink. I'd love to do some of podcast stuff there as well, uh, if y'all are listening. Um, but, you know, Tiffany is a definitely a, a community kind of like pillar. And uh, it's a great place to go. Great place to hang out. Good food. TVs, the whole nine. So definitely check out Tiffany Sports Sports Lounge, um, or you can order food online, or you can show it to their spot. And then finally, uh, Buca di Beppo, um, and you can go to bucadibepo.com, or you can visit their site, 2728 Gannon Road, St. Paul, Minnesota 55116. Same deal. Buca hooked our team up. Lots of pasta, lots of breadsticks, lots of chicken. Just really did a good job of of supporting. So every single one of these spots has been great. We frequent them. Um, like I said, we hold meetings, we do our outings there. Um, and so we're just so appreciative of them uh, supporting us in the program for the people that have su- financially supported us and for the folks that are providing meals. Thank you so much. We could not do this without you. Thank you again for listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast. Uh, we appreciate you tuning into the episode. If you like it, please share. Tell people about what's going on. Uh, go visit our sponsors. Get engaged with what's going on. Eat at their restaurants patronize their businesses they are awesome for what we're doing and as always don't kick my cones